2: It's Curious City, where we take
3: your questions
2: about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore, from WBEZ.
0: Hi, I'm Chloe Persinos. Curious citizen Erin English Bailey had a healthy fear of tornadoes as a kid. She grew up near the northwestern limits of Chicagoland's sprawl, and she remembers when the tornado siren would go off.
1: There were plenty of times where I was in the basement with my brother, (laughs) like, waiting for the sirens to stop.
0: Together, they'd sit there, huddled in the basement, and Erin's imagination would get away from her. I was afraid of cars flying through the air and our house blowing out, you know, our roof blowing off. Years later, Bailey moved to the big city.
1: Suddenly, people were just like, whatever. They were just really blasé about it. I'm like, oh, that's not going to happen here. And I thought, why do they think that?
0: Why do they think that? Has a tornado ever hit Chicago? Bailey never placed much stock in the urban legend. She thought weather patterns are weather patterns. It shouldn't have anything to do with how many people live there. Well, the village of Oaklawn was hit by a devastating tornado in 1967. And I know what you're thinking. Oaklawn is a far-flung suburb. Come on. But it's right on the city border, sandwiched between the neighborhood of Beverly and Midway Airport. That same storm even hit the south side of Chicago. It tore across the Dan Ryan Expressway during rush hour, tipped a tractor trailer, and then spun out over Lake Michigan. But in Oaklawn, the memory of that tornado is still very alive. You're about to hear a few different things. You'll hear archival newscasts from that day, as well as the voices of three people who survived the storm. And you'll hear the actual sound of the tornado ripping through Oak Lawn.
1: 5.26 p.m. Oaklawn, Illinois. April the 21st, 1967.
4: I was home from Nam, Vietnam for six days when the Oak Lawn tornado hit. And it hit.
1: When I remember that day, I still can remember a physical
2: feeling of electricity, like on my skin and all over my body. When they say your life can change in a split second, it can. And it does. We couldn't help but notice the sky out the window. It was green. It
1: was puffy. It was churning. And I remember my mom
2: saying, Ernie, look at that sky. The whole sky was just black and whirling. Our ears popped. And the trees were going crazy. You saw the leaves turn upside down. And then it got very quiet.
4: You could almost hear a pin drop. That's how calm and quiet it got.
1: And there was a stillness. A stillness that I haven't felt since.
4: And then you hear the roar, and you look out and see this big black funnel coming at you.
1: So, definitely a funnel cloud. Now it's turning in a twisting pattern. It is turning in a twisting pattern. Oh, my God. Oh, it's green color. it's green colors. It picked up something on the other side of town. It's over And it sounded like, it's like a freight, freight train, train coming through. The rain stops. You felt the living room start to shake. Boom. Boom it hits. All we had time to do was react. My dad ran to the dining room window and said, Everybody get in the basement. And I
4: stood out and watched it. Everybody else was hiding. I came out of a war. What can hurt me?
2: There were four of us trying to huddle under this counter. So we were all shoulder to shoulder. So we held hands. We were in a circle.
1: And I f- pictured myself dying. I pictured the house falling on me, and I
2: pictured myself in a grave. The top part of the house just sort of exploded outward, and things went everywhere. I just remember a lot of chalky sawdust in my mouth. And basically, I was just in so much pain and shock, I just blacked out. And we started saying the Our Father. I woke up, Our Father who art in heaven, not being be able I mean, to move. I was kind of pinned by, by, by just we'll debris, just things Father that had Jesus landed on me
1: give us this day. Our I was
2: prayer. trying to scream to trespasses. let somebody know I was there. Us. Nobody else responded and but my dad. Into and my dad said, deliver us from evil. stop screaming and start praying. Amen. We're reporting to you from an emergency telephone mobile
1: unit. We've just taken a walking tour of private
4: after the storm was over, I went up to the police and fire department. I said, what do you need? He said, Bob, go home get your army uniform on. I said, why? Because you're a medic. We need
2: you. The next thing I remember was waking up in the hospital. We, I still didn't even understand then what had happened.
4: The hospitals were so crowded. We'd bring a patient in, find a cot. Okay, we'll be
2: back with another one. There were roller skates. We didn't, under, we didn't realize that the roller rink had been hit. Several
1: children were killed in the storm apparently died in a roller rink at 93rd Street and Cicero Avenue when the tornado leveled in. Only 10 of those taken to the temporary morgue have been
2: identified. It was like a war zone. People were walking around literally <laughs> dazed. Just gazing, just staring, blank faces, or they were crying. So much crying.
1: We left the aura midnight on a tragic day, and we went into another day in Chicago, one which we hope will be much, much better, but only one headline. Only one headline, that is the tornado that struck our Chicago area. A series, in fact, of killer tornadoes have killed 57 persons and injured more than 1,000 in Chicago and northern Illinois. Those are the headlines. And then it snowed the next day.
2: The next day, my dad and I went back to the house, and we stood there and just stared at it.
4: It looked like a war zone with snow on top of it. Very calm and quiet.
2: I can remember looking up at my dad, and he was crying. And it was like, this was my house, and it's gone. It was was
1: very traumatic. I still, to this day, will have tornado dreams. Like it's about to hit, you know, and then I wake
2: up. I have not let go of it yet. It's now almost 49 years later. It's not going anywhere if it hasn't gone anywhere by now. It's something that stays
4: with you, and you will not get rid of it. Believe me, if you ever saw one, you'll go with you to your grave.
0: That was Jody Marneris, Patty Ernst, and Bob Philbin. To this day, people in Oakland say that the tornado of 1967 is the defining moment in the village's history. And remember, Oakland is literally next door to the city. The storm was the deadliest tornado ever to hit the Chicago area. 33 people were killed that day, 500 were injured. Let's look at this idea that a tornado can't happen in Chicago. The urban legend that Curious Citizen Erin Bailey referenced in her question, the survivors of the 1967 tornado, they had heard it too. Here's Jody Marneris. The first
2: thing I think of when I hear people say, oh, it can't happen here, and they sound like they know it all, Sometimes I do just take a deep breath and I just figure it's not even worth discussing. Other times, I do.
0: Bob Philbin puts it more bluntly.
2: I heard it a few times
4: and thought, uh, man, are you a fool? Just look back in your history books not too long ago.
0: So what are the arguments that Chicago is protected from tornadoes? Well, there are three and they are all false. Let's myth bust real quick, shall we? Okay, myth number one. Lake Michigan protects us by acting as a bubble or a shield. Well, at its best, the lake has a negligible influence on the path and intensity of a storm. If a big storm came to the area, the lake would do nothing to deter it. Myth number two. Tall buildings create a buffer because they're so tall and close together. No, that's crazy talk. If a tornado hit downtown Chicago, the buildings would probably remain standing, but all the glass would break. Imagine tons of broken glass blowing horizontally at 100 miles per hour. A huge danger to anyone in the streets. And even if people weren't hurt, it would be an economic disaster. So, no. The buildings don't protect us. And the third myth has its own name the urban heat island effect, which is an actual documented phenomenon. You may have heard of this. Here's the idea. Urban areas are mostly paved slash dark colored surfaces. Those surfaces heat up faster and hold heat longer than natural vegetation. So cities are hotter than rural areas. Some people think mistakenly that Chicago's heat island effect would cause an approaching tornado to rebound and skip over a major city. False. If anything, the heat island effect would fuel a storm, not dispel it. Here's the upshot. It's a probability game, really. Tornadoes are rare and have small paths. Urban centers are small targets compared to the great expanses of the rural Midwest, which is why you hear about tornadoes happening out in the countryside more often than you hear about a tornado destroying a metropolis. That's not to say it won't happen. So, despite all evidence, history books and science books alike, why does this myth that Aaron Bailey asked about persist? I can only speculate. Here's my theory. Many Chicagoans think that the story of a tornado is a rural story. We picture a funnel cloud ripping through a cornfield and busting up barns. Our city doesn't look like that. We've got concrete and glass to protect us. We're removed from nature, and so we assume nature won't visit us. (music) Reporting for this story came from me, Chloe Persinos. Archival sounds of the tornado came from the late Robert Key, thanks to Oakland Public Library for their help on this story, Thanks to WBBM and WNUS for archival newscasts. Support comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism.
3: Hey, this is Jesse Dukes, Curious Cities audio producer. We first ran this story in 2016. Since then, there have been two tornadoes reported in the Chicago city limits. They were weak and there were no casualties. There have also been several tornadoes in the region. And so you know, if a tornado is approaching, the safest place is inside a sturdy building, away from the windows, at ground level, or in a basement. If you're in a car and can't get inside, stay in the car and duck below the windows. Or if there's a ditch nearby, you can shelter there. Don't shelter under an overpass. The winds can be even worse there. Thanks to meteorologist Victor Gensini, the University of Illinois, for his myth-busting expertise. Next time on Curious City, Chicago had the first ever juvenile court system. It began as a progressive reform to benefit children and the wider society, but over time, the system changed, to the point some see an irony.
1: It's a funny dichotomy. We were the leader over a century ago, and now we just need to change some of these policies to catch up.
3: 120 years of juvenile justice. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. ¶¶